What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome. First for Nick and Ronnie, you're here with me, Nick. And as I'm always going to be, I'm joined by my not-so-good friend, Ronnie. Yeah, my name is Ronnie, and I am the brightest smarty in the tool shed. As you can see, Ronnie's not so clued up, so join me while we try and clue him up a little bit. Yeah, hopefully we'll have a less lame intro next time because uh, Nick's a bit of a boring person. But looking at things you might be better at than that, rugby this weekend, did you get to watch any of the URC games? Oh, one or two or three or four games, yes, maybe. One or two or three or four, I don't know, I recall you sitting outside at the Bri while the boys were actually inside watching the game. No, sure, fair enough, okay. Sharks versus Stormers. Well, since you watched it so much, do you want to start off and tell us how it went? Yeah, so while I was sitting inside with the boys and you were outside with the ladies, we were watching the Stormers and the Sharks game. Sharks looking healthy, big, big lead, 19-3 up at one point. And then, what would you know, three out of the four yellow cards that they suffered were all Springbok players. And a quick 14 points through the penalty tries and what we ended the game with a 22-all draw. I have to agree with John Dobson. That was a terrible game from the Stormers. I don't think they deserve to... I wanted to say win, but draw at least. I think the Sharks let it slip through their fingers. But aren't you the biggest Stormers fan, Ronnie? Yeah, I don't think I'm the biggest Stormers fan. So any Stormers fans out there, we're really, really sorry. Uh, we don't like you. He's not using the we that includes me there. I have nothing against the Stormers. Uh, so who would you say is your least favorite South African team? Probably the Lions. They're a little bit of an embarrassment at the moment. Wow, Okay. Yeah, the Lions, the Lions severely struggling. Uh, Sharks, I think that they're lacking a bit of a killer instinct at the moment. You know, you watch Lucanio Am, Pimpi, Fassi tearing it open out wide, but just failing to get over the line. And they've got an incredibly awesome back line. And I mean, those are Springbok level finishes. They should be... Absolutely. But I mean, Mapimpi, I still rate Mapimpi. He's incredible at the moment, great form, but it just seems as a whole, the team can't gel and, and... And, you know, you said it, that killer instinct is lacking. Definitely, definitely is. That, that I remember that one ball um, chipped through from Um, and Mapimpi and Fassi were hunting that thing down. Mm. And it's such a shame that they couldn't put it away. Forward pack as well, that front row of Ox, Bongi and uh, Thomas the Tank, they really put the Stormers through the most. That's an incredible front row, really. But they were bullying. It was only when Brock Harris came on that he sort of shored up the Stormers' uh, Game there in the scrums and in the tight. You know, I've said it before many times. The Sharks just, look, just to clarify, I am a Shark supporter, but they really are the world's most average team. You know, you would really expect them to dominate. And, you know, the, every year they win the transfer battle. They have this great team on paper. Just for some reason, we can't click. And I'm not sure why that is. And I mean, the Lions-Bulls game, Ronnie? Lions-Bulls game, Bulls uh, stepped it up after their what I would call a dismal performance against the against Western Province or slash the Stormers uh, in the previous game. Uh, but, you know, good to see that the Bulls put on quite the showing. Uh, maybe the Lions just aren't up to scratch at the moment, both their teams, both the URC and the Curry Cup teams. But uh, good dominant performance by the Bulls. Still think they are the team to beat. You know, I think it's quite sad when you look at the Lions. They were... South Africa's premier franchise after they returned from the abyss with the relegation. Three Super Rugby finals in a row. Mm, but who was their coach at yeah. that time? 
now you look at the Lions team, they don't have a single Springbok player in their ranks. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's not the same as it used to be, and the Lions really need to do some introspection. Well, you know, the Sharks, the Bulls have got some private money, some external money being invested into their sort of systems, and that's great to see, and that's why we can afford, or those teams can afford to have some real quality big-name players. I think the Lions have just been hit by, you know, a series of unfortunate events over the last couple of years uh losing some of their big coaches and uh, it's just coming to the fore at the moment they they're poor showings you know if the lions want to make some money they need to open a nightclub there in Houghton where the kids butts can come and squeak some tacky <laughs> yeah absolutely we need some uh, some beasts from the east east rand you know the malcolm marks and, and and the likes to come and play for the lions again and you know the bulls mornay stain Crazy, retires from Springbok Rugby last year. Still our premier fly half in the country. You reckon? 100%. Buddha Chamberlain, yes, he's growing as a player, but he's not at the level of Mornay Stain. Then you look, you know, Marnie Lubbock. Is he really someone that's going to get looked at for book honours? Fred Zeilinger. I think I think I was just about to say Fred Zeilinger and Marnie Lubbock are sort of in the same category. They'll be, uh, you know, their name, their players that'll be there for many years or, or have been there for many years. In the case of Fred Zeilinger, but you know, they just are Curry Cup slash URC. Is that how you say it? Zeilinger, Zeilinger. Or maybe Fred, you can message us <laughs> and tell us. We'll call you Fred for now. But yeah the fly-off situation is a worry and i mean elton's out injured in japan at the moment obviously pollard's first choice but no one else really putting their hand up yet for that especially with an saa game in the incoming series you know this is when these young flies need to put their hands up well we've still got elton elton was sitting in the stands at the sharks game yeah but he's injured at the moment yeah okay but you know that's not a it's not an owen farrell type injury so no he can still sure. be back so the yellow cards from the Sharks this weekend, that was some truly poor discipline. They were down to 12 men at one point. Mm. Yeah, look, it's it's sometimes the Sharks have that. If we recall a couple of years ago when we beat the, the Chiefs, Chiefs, remember you just said it now. <laughs> Beast was off, Bismarck was off. Oh, man, Someone what a Someone off Willem Alberts probably. <laughs> oh, man, what a... Just saying, well, welcome back, Willem Alberts. You know, it was nice to see him playing for the Lions. Yeah, actually playing at lock this weekend. Yeah, eh? very Not good. usual flank. Can you believe he's still playing? Unbelievable. Yeah, there's, there's many of them. Willem's still a young buck if you look at Ruan Pienaar and his... And Mornay Stain. And Mornay Stain. I don't know, those yellow cards for me were such silly mistakes. Lucanio Am was yellow carded for a series of penalties in the 22, but unlucky that it was on him. So the number of yellow cards in a single game, do you think that's related to maybe some poor captaincy in the game, not being able to rally the boys around and say, listen, calm down, get focused, we're here to win a game? Look, I think that maybe you can look at that for Kutum Chuna's yellow card. He collapsed them all. But, I mean, we both played in the forward. Sometimes, you you know, the heat it of battle very, gets ahead of you. It's also That's a grey area, thing. that collapsing of them all. It's exactly. really difficult to... But, I mean, Fassi's yellow card was absolutely ridiculous. He had a mm. two-man overlap. They were going to score that try. And rather let them score it out wide and hopefully miss the, the penalty, or not the penalty, the conversion, than give them an instant seven points and draw the game. Okay, all right. So, yes, that's at the end of the game, sure, and fair enough. But midway through the game, had he done exactly the same move, gone off for 10 minutes and uh, saved a certain try, would you not be celebrating him now? But he essentially gave seven points because you don't have to take the conversion anymore. Yeah, it's an immediate seven points. It's an immediate seven points. 
And then, I mean, you look at uh, Boo and Corsi was also a stupid yellow card to get. I mean, you're running, the Stormers are in there. See, Belos and Atlas quick, but he's not really in it to score that try. And mm. then you get in his way and trip him up. It was a yellow card that wasn't necessary and it wasn't going to save a try. The play was ahead of them in any event. Okay, so over the last couple of months, possibly the last year, you've been quite vocal about putting Fassi in the Springbok setup and giving him more game time in the Springboks. Uh, his yellow card, would you attribute that to just being young and dumb? and uh, or, or, Yeah, under, or under pressure. So do you want that in a Springbok setup playing against All Blacks? Yeah, but I mean, you've got to realize that when he's in a, a box setup, that the opportunity, or not the opportunity, but having to defend in a situation like that is going to be far less frequent. And he's also a young player. You know, he's done this now. I can guarantee you he's not going to do it in the next game. It's how he's going to learn. There were reasons he wasn't selected into the box starting lineup last year. Obviously, he needed to improve him as a player. We've spoken in our blog about um, him needing to improve his positional play from a defensive standpoint. This might fall within that, you know. Should he have been leading the defense more, calling for more support when he saw that overlap? You know, was that his channel to to mark and direct? Mm. You know, so we've debated this, you know, a lot, and I'm sure we will over the next couple of weeks. You know, we'll talk about Fassi again, but... Uh, that was my concern when we first spoke about Fassi needing more game time in the Springbok setup. And, and, you know, what I was saying is, look, it's not so bad. At least he was in the squad. He was in the setup. He was learning from the Villies and, and some of the senior players that have been there now for a number of years. And I think this, these sorts of acts where he gets a yellow card, a very poor uh, timing uh, at the end of a game, you know, basically uh, losing the game for the Sharks. Well, not losing it, but losing the win, if you will. And and that's stuff that comes with experience. So I just want to say it was good to have him in the Springbok setup. He's got, he will have learned from Billy, uh, but he's still got a long way to go. Yeah, for sure he does. He's got a long way to go. Hopefully he will build on that this year going forward because there is actually a decent amount of competition at fullback if you compare it to what we're looking at at the 10 channel. Yeah, that's just... But South Africa's never had depth at 10, really. We've never, ever had depth. I mean, that's there's true. always Coach been James come back. one, possibly two fly halves. And, um, you know, it goes, you know, how far back do you really want to go? Do you want to go back to Nas Buerta days? Um, you could talk about Joel Stransky. You could talk about Yanni De Beer. These have all been guys that, you know, we've never had three or four fly-offs that were fighting for that position. So it's definitely, we've always had one great fly-off. And it's it's concerning. We always have these like a million locks and a million flankers. We need to potentially work more at uh, creating some, maybe feeding the guys some less lamb at the bride. <laughs> make them fly-offs, not flankers. Yeah, that's definitely an option. We'll have to communicate that through to Saru. You heard it here first. <laughs> There's scarf chops off the braai. Apologize to all the Afrikaans people. Nick is very salty. And then it's rematch weekend, hey? So this weekend the Stormers will host the Sharks and the Lions traveling up to Pretoria. Are we going to see much of the same or how much do you think things are going to change in the competition in just a week? Well, it's one week's worth of practice. How much can really change? You know, you see drastic changes that only take place over six or seven weeks or, you know, it's, I expect much of the same. Um, it's just going to be the home field advantage if you actually have such a thing these days with no fans. But home field advantage, um, but uh, much of the same, really. I think, like you said, you can't change much coaching-wise in a week. But I feel for the Sharks Stormers game, you know, the Sharks, it's not a coaching problem that they had on the weekend. It was a discipline problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something you can address as a team in a week. 
you know, sit down, have a chat about it, what went wrong, why there was that pressure. And that's something I hope to see the Sharks correct. Absolutely. You know, I think Bulls, their forward pack is just going to run right on the lines again. Mm. It's a bit of a worry. Um, maybe the Bulls will even rest a couple of players this weekend. You never know. Although, being so low on the log, they're <laughs> going to want to climb it a bit. But yeah, otherwise, I agree with you, Ronnie. Much of the same. Like you and me on the squash court. Sure. I mean, one day we're gonna one day we're gonna put a video out on the on the on your website just so we can show everybody how much I dominate on the squash court. <laughs> and then I must just say in our super brew pool, um we wanna give a shout out to Varys to a decent. I'm guessing that's what it is and not two thousand. You're saying it's Varys to a decent, not Varys uh two thousand. It could be one or the other. But anyway, Virgo Vogatini, uh you leading the pool on fifty nine points. 0.25 ahead of the guy in second. So keep it up. Let's see if you can win uh, the whole season. Vanner, if, if Nick butchered your name, we really apologize. We'll get it right next time if you maintain your position at the top. <laughs> <laughs> then looking at the Six Nations, that's starting this weekend. Yeah, let's... Uh, you know, when we when we did a couple of... Uh, when we had a couple of discussions in the weeks leading up to this... Uh, the French squad was a little bit up in the air. We weren't quite sure who was in it. But we just saw today uh, some confirmation of, I think it was 14 players that yeah, are back. Returning from COVID, COVID slash injury. Slash injury. So that's going to be good. And I'm really looking forward to a really strong showing from the French. They've got a great team. You know, DuPont. I know you want to talk about DuPont and, and uh, Intermac and obviously that uh, South African that we have there. What's his name again? Paul. Ball, like uh, made here in Pretoria. Yeah, that's where they make them strong. But yeah, France definitely getting a huge contingent of players back. I don't think they would have worried too much this weekend with the game against Italy. Probably will rely on quite a number of youngsters, blood them a bit, you know, give their new test caps. Is that the opening game is the French versus the Italians? Italy, yeah. Okay, so then we'll, you know, I just think, you know, before we move on, the French really are... For me, the team to beat in this year's Six Nations. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that. <laughs> I can see winner predictions at the end. I'm just going to stick with the French for now. Yeah, so France, Dupont, Intermac, unbelievable 19 combination. Honestly, I cannot wait to watch them light up mm. the Six Nations. Especially after their game against the All Blacks and what Intermac could do. <laughs> that there. that run from Intermac on his dead ball line was Unreal. That is some ballsy, ballsy rugby. It could have gone bad. It could have have resulted in a a trial for the All Blacks had it not come off the way that it it did. It could, but he backed himself. and That's what I like to see from the young players. No, 100%. So France, very excited to see them kick it off in the Six Nations. So then let's talk about Italy then, their opponents. Yeah, so Italy playing France in the first game. That Italian team is an interesting one. 23 of the 32-man squad come from Benetton. (laughs) That's Okay, okay. So Benetton's clearly the dominant team. Yeah, I mean, their coach, Kieran Crowley, he was in charge of Benetton, brought basically his entire match day 23 over to Italy. Wow, okay. But, I mean, is there any hope? There's hope Sergio Parise might (laughs) (laughs) return. I've heard all these rumors about Sergio Parise coming back, but uh, yeah, shame. No, I think Italy will be very lucky to get even a single win in this year's Six Nations. You reckon? Definitely putting them at the bottom of the lot. You don't think they can beat England? Yeah, maybe, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll see. Hopefully they're saving that victory to beat England in the quarters of the World Cup or something like that. That would be even sweeter. Okay. It's the next matchup. Yeah, next matchup. What about Ireland versus Wales? 
Well, Ireland, obviously, strong team. Looking forward to seeing them and uh, how they perform this year. I don't think they'll be the top, but they'll possibly be my second team. See, and this is why you're going to listen to me throughout the season and not Ronnie. I'm predicting an Irish win in the Six Nations. Oh, really? I think Ireland are going to take it, and not just because they do it every year before a World Cup and then lose in the quarterfinals. I think Ireland have an ex- an extremely good team. I mean, they also racked up a win over the All Blacks. 11 Leinster players likely in the starting lineup. Wow. It's good continuity. Okay. And then Johnny Sexton. Yeah, can you believe that Johnny Sexton is still there? It, it's it's quite shocking, really. What more can we really say about the man? He's currently winning the bet against Mornestain and Ruan Pinoff, who can, who can go the longest. To be honest with you, I think his dad bought the LARPA for them. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, Johnny Sexton's still there. I don't know how he's doing it. Unreal mm. that he's there. You rated um, him. I rated him. You rated him. He was great. Absolutely. Johnny Sexton was. He deserves the accolades he got and the name that he has. Mm. But I feel like Ireland has no succession plan for their, their mm. team. Well, they could be in a similar position to the, some of our Springbok uh, domestic teams. No, for sure. So that's that's definitely a problem. Someone I'm really looking forward to in the Ireland team, Tad Furlong. Oh, absolutely. That guy's a beast. He is, without a doubt, the best tight head in the world. Yeah. I don't want to play against him. Either. That's He's saying something you. from South Africa with our bomb squad. Yeah, absolutely. Tad Furlong, phenomenal. Uh, surprise, Simon Zebo didn't get a, a call-up to the Irish squad. Yeah, okay. Well, well, we'll see what happens throughout the Six Nations. I'm sure he'll get a call-up later in the season. But I think as well, Ireland, the team that has the least injuries, um, pretty much a full squad to select from. So that's great for them. Still trying to fill that void of CJ Stunder a little bit with the size at the back. But I mean, Tad Byrne, all of them phenomenal players. I'm picking an Irish Irish win this season. Okay. So you picking the Irish, I'm picking the French. We've locked it down on this podcast and we will review it. Yeah. And Ronnie has no way of getting out of it now because we've got it recorded. <laughs> So, Ireland's opponent, Wales. Wales, very exciting. Um, But they've also, from what I recall, just, you know, they've got a fairly young team um, in general that they've picked a number of big-name players, players that actually were in the Lions squad that aren't playing. Yeah, can I actually read you that injury list? Wales have been ravaged by injury. unbelievable. Elliot Diaz missing, Ken Owens, Alan Wynne-Jones, Toby Faletau, Dan Lidiot, Josh Navidi, Justin Tipperick, uh, Johnny Williams, George North, and Lee Halfpenny. Oh, it's a shame. That is a number of Premier players that the Welsh are missing. I just want a clarification on Alan Wynn. Uh, is he out of in- out because of injury or out because of uh, a- old age? No, injury. Shoulder <laughs> injury. That guy seems like he's going to keep going forever for, for Wales. Maybe he's got a bet with Johnny Sexton. Okay, well, let's see. But that's a massive, massive amount of players missing. And surprisingly, they've only got six new caps in their squad. I, I'm I'm not too concerned about Wales though. Um, well, I, I just need to clarify. I'm not too con- I'm not too worried about them beating my uh, French team that I think are going to win. Um, but good young team. It's what next year is the World Cup, so they've got this year and next year to to build a really strong team again to hopefully uh, compete in the World Cup. And I think it's I think it's good. I think it's really good. They're going to blood a lot of players. But you know. Josh Navidi? Yeah, and George North as well, and Halfpenny. I mean, that boot of Halfpenny, valuable, valuable to any team. And then Jonathan Davies, Dan Bigger, possible 100th caps in this year's Six Nations. Those are players that have been around. So there's still good experience within their squad. I mean, no doubt about that. They did win the Six Nations last year. 
you know, lifting themselves out of a massive slump. But now again, they've lost the players that helped lift them out of that slump. Well, my my bet is that they're going to finish fifth on the log. Fifth on the log, eh? Yeah. Scotland above them, I'm Scotland guessing. Scotland above them. We'll get to them in a moment. Okay. Well, why wait? Let's chat about Scotland. Yeah, Scottish, obviously, um, I think they are relishing the idea of playing in the Kolkata Cup this upcoming game. And at Murrayfield. At eh? Murrayfield, especially when you see the injury list in uh, for, uh, for the English. I would give anything to be there at Murrayfield uh, this weekend. Isn't our, our mate Sebastian going? Oh, I wonder. We should give him a call. Yeah, that that atmosphere. And I believe Murrayfield's a lot of full stadium. So that's oh, going to wow. be yeah. unreal to be there. You know, the the Scottish team, you've got to love them. Finn Russell, Stuart, Stuart Hogg. Hogg. I mean, Duan van der Merwe. And like 17 South Africans. Yeah, Duan van der Merwe, absolutely. And another player that's not talked about enough in that Scotland squad is Chris Harris. Oh, yes, absolutely. He is a beast at 13. Yeah, runs like an absolute animal. And, and he, he did and really well with the Lions as well coming him in. Him and Lukanyo Am are probably the two best defending 13s in the, in any competition as well. <sighs> Sorry to any all-black listeners here. Yeah, but I mean, who are the all-blacks cracking at 13 now? Rico Ioani, he's not the best defensive 13 there. Yeah, but they would they would argue with you until they blew in the face. Like you do about Richie Moonga. <laughs> That's a conversation for another day. Anyway, um, that Scottish team going to be very exciting. Very exciting, and with a lot of South Africans in there yeah. once again. So just shout out to all you bloody South Africans that leave us for greener pastures and earning a big bucks overseas and then qualifying to play for those bloody home nations. <laughs> yeah, very, very Scottish names in that yeah, side. Eh? Yep, yeah, now. <laughs> Where in Scotland do you come from? Yeah, I know, absolutely. Fought with Braveheart. <laughs> and then Ali Price at nine, also a phenomenal player. Yeah, very player. exciting. They've included two new scrum halves in the Scotland squad, both named Ben. Ben okay. Velicott and Ben White. Oh, okay. So hopefully they'll get a crack in the games coming up as well. Blooding some youngsters ahead of the World Cup. Exciting times for the, for the Scots. But then, they're obviously playing England, right? In the Kolkata Cup. Yeah. And I just mentioned a little bit earlier the injuries that they themselves have. Or COVID uh, slash broken ankles. You know, do you think the Scots could take it this weekend? I hope the Scots take I'm always betting against the English. So, Scotland, you've got us from South Africa here in Pretoria. All right. We're giving you all the strength you need. All right, but you're speaking from the heart now. Let's speak from the head. Do you think the Scots can actually do it this weekend? Yes, I think the Scots can do it. I think if there's ever ever a weekend, it's going to be this This one. one. And, um, you know, I think the Scots are going to take it. I really do. I do as well. I think that's going to be a cracker game. Joe Marler out with COVID at the moment. Not Mm. sure if he'll recover in time to take part. And then today we heard the news, Joe Marchant, um, you know, the outer center wing, is now diagnosed with COVID. He tested positive. So he's also not available to the team. Mm. Then, I mean, you've everyone knows by now, Owen Farrell, ankle injury. Ankle injury, he's out. Name the brothers. Yeah, Billy and uh, Mako Vunapola, not yeah, selected. Absolutely. Player I'm very, very keen to watch, Freddie Stewart. Absolutely. I thought he was phenomenal at fullback for England last year. So keen to see him build on that momentum. Um, Courtney Laws is captain. He's a fairly... He's, he's one of the senior players in the rank. And I think there was always some question about him actually being a starter in the team. Um, I don't know if that's a sentiment shared by you as well. But yeah, he's a senior player. And I think with years come natural leadership quality. So should be a good captain. 
I'm a big, big Courtney Laws fan. I think he's a phenomenal player. Started all three tests for the British and Irish Lions. Captained England in Owen's absence last year. But he's now also under an injury cloud. Okay. So you don't have Owen. George Ford's likely not going to play. You don't have Courtney Laws, Billy Vunapola, Maka Vunapola. That's a lot of experience. Who are you going to call on as captain then? Yeah, no, it'll be an interesting uh, matchup this weekend. Um, I'm not sure who else you're going to really pick in it. I think you can really only go for Ben Youngs. He's probably your go-to then from a leadership point of view. You reckon his, uh, his starting role is confirmed is absolute? Not entirely at all. Mm. Maybe the captaincy now has secured him the starting role, though. You never, never know. But player everyone's probably most keen to see, Marcus Smith. Absolutely. Playing at 10, very exciting player. Stepped up to the ball, if you will, in the lines when he got his lines call up a little bit late. Um, but, uh, you know, you've mentioned here George Ford. George Ford over him? George Ford has the experience that I would I would get him on the bench over anyone else. But Marcus Smith, way too exciting. Him at Quinn's, unbelievable, oh, unbelievable player. Really well. He has a great instinct for the game. And honestly, if England want to rely on him at the World Cup next year, with or without Owen Farrell at 12, they need to give him as much game time and let him run that English backline. You reckon he can marshal them as such a youngster? I reckon he can. Okay, well, let's see how this... I, I, I believe in him as well. I've said it before, and I said it a year ago. Marcus Smith, very exciting. Look, uh, look forward to what he has to bring to the game. You know, some men are born great. Some men have greatness thrust upon them, and others have to wear an England rugby jersey. <laughs> Yeah, I think the Six Nations, so those are all the players to watch. You know, Six Nations versus Rugby Championship, two massively different competitions. I think I'm still more partial to the Rugby Championship. You can't beat a Springboks All Blacks rivalry. But the Six Nations this year is probably the most competitive it's ever been. I think they say that every year, though, Nick. Yeah, but I'm saying it now, so it counts. <laughs> okay, all right, so it's official now. Look, I have to agree with you. Rugby championship, I'm obviously heavily biased in favor of Southern Hemisphere rugby. Uh, just very exciting. Love to watch the All Blacks. Uh, love to watch Australia. Well, yeah, love to watch us beat Australia. Uh, love the Springboks, of course. And, uh, you know, the Argentinians are fantastic as well. Um, very exciting rugby. Uh, the Six Nations is just another kettle of fish, though. It's a different style of rugby, and I just really hope these rumors about South Africa going and joining the Six Nations are just uh, rumors and don't. Yeah, I'd turn much rather something. see Japan taken in there. I'd love Japan to join the championship, but travel wise, I think it's a bit too much. Absolutely. So if you are looking to expand to the Seven Nations or to kick Italy out and stay at six, rather take Japan, leave the Springboks. We're already there in the URC. I want to keep that Springboks All Blacks rivalry powerful like it is. <laughs> Absolutely. No, isn't that just the best game to watch? And then, dear old Ronnie, now that you've heard all my knowledge about these Six Nations teams, what are your predictions for the winner? Are you going to stick with France? Of course I'm going to stick with France. They are just too exciting and they scare me. They really, really scare me a year out from the World Cup. What? what not actually. 18 months, 20 months out from the World Cup. They really scare me because chances are we're facing them or the All Blacks. And I don't know which one I'd rather face in a quarterfinal. Fair enough. Going to be gonna be crazy. But yeah, Ireland are my team. So I guess in Wanna about six weeks' time. Yeah, let's put some money on it. But about six weeks' time, I'm going to be sitting on this podcast and laughing at how wrong you were. 
Okay, I just need to want to take down the date and time. But yeah, if you haven't already, join our uh, Super Brew Pool for the Six Nations. We don't get to choose the pool code, but it's Wads Arch W A D S A R C H. If you can't hear me say it properly, go and check it out. It's on our Instagram and Facebook platforms. And yeah, let's have a go. See if you can beat me and Ronnie, or if we're gonna all fail dismally and watch Ronnie win. Can you use what's such in a sem- sentence, please? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give no, it a right. bash. Okay. No, you were going to give it a bash, but I don't think you're funny enough. No. Tell me, uh, tell me, Nick, we have some social media pages as well. Uh, so why don't we encourage everyone to smash that like button? Tell yeah. all your friends about it. Get into it. <laughs> <That was laughs> or don't. Just yeah. listen to the podcast. and <laughs> That's it. That'll also be fine for us. So talking about social media, what about the younger guys looking down at the Varsity Cup? Varsity Cup, very exciting. I love Varsity Cup. Um, brings back a lot of good memories from back in the day. You know, Monday night rugby here in L- at LC de Villiers in Pretoria. Um, you know, going to Spur, getting your free beer when they score with a pink ball. You know, I just love Varsity Cup. They try so many rule variations out there. It's very exciting and I just, I'm glad that they don't push it up to some of, uh, you know, Springbok level games and that they can use the Varsity Cup to test out some of these cool rules because it does result in some really cool plays. And, uh, you know, Varsity Cup is just very exciting for me. Yeah, and, you know, we can proudly say we've been there for every drunk streaker. There's still streakers now. They're just not drunk anymore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Richard, and I won't say your surname out there, but uh, I do recall you running across the field and uh, showing everyone your bare ass. But yeah, I remember those Varsity days attending uh, Varsity Cup. Rogan was prof, the mascot at the time, chilling in those stands watching the boys play. And I remember specifically when we played Pukka in 2012. And our dear friends at college decided that a full can of beer looked really good in a NW student's face. And out broke one of the biggest fights I've ever seen on a rugby field. You still find it on YouTube. Yeah. And I blame that for the alcohol ban, to be honest. I know alcohol's <laughs> slowly been allowed back, but not to the levels it was when we We were don't students. condone fighting, though, let's just say. Not at all. At least drink the beer, man. Come now, college. Pour don't form. waste it. Yeah. Teams traveling again this year, though? Yeah, far better than the bubble situation that we've had during COVID, I think. Yeah. Just makes it, makes it a little bit more exciting. It, you know, the, the week leading up to a game... The weekend leading up to the Monday night game, it's just very exciting when there's a team coming down and trying to beat your university's team um, on home soil. It's just very exciting, and I'm, I think home field advantage can now start playing a role once again. Yeah, and I mean, there's definitely been some powerhouses that have run onto the Varsity Cup field. I mean, Etzebet's played there, Kitsoff's played there, Victor Matfield... There's just an unreal number of players, Ox, Lizo Koboka, that have run onto that field, represented mm. their universities, and gone on for Bach Honors. Pollard's another one. Well, Franco Mostert won with the Tux the, uh, when you were referencing earlier that... Uh, Richard ran the field. When Richard ran the field. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a competition that unravels quality players. Like you said, there's rule experimentations, which are always exciting to watch. Um, some great attacking rugby. Tux winners last year, we all know Tux of Knicks. <laughs> Tux of Knicks, yeah, absolutely. If you didn't hear that, you probably ended up at UJ or Vitz or something, <laughs> taking you to the edge of town. So, predictions, who's going to well, take the I'm just going to say Tux is going to take it again this year, but uh, if I have to pick a uh, second place, I'd probably go for Marty's. 
I'd like to see a Tux Marty's final. I think that's the big rivalry. Be good to watch. But there's still the, the what's great about the Varsity Cup is that there is a load of competition. Really, I mean, it's not just one or two teams. It's not just one, two, three, or four teams. You know, it's a lot of teams that win can win on a given day, and it's fantastic to see that. No, for sure, I agree. It's it's going to be awesome to watch. So, guys, Monday night, starting on Valentine's Day, make sure you don't make any foolish plans that you're available to watch the rugby. You know, we got to back our boykies. I just want to say something out there, and I'll, I'll take this podcast to say it. If you are a fan of rugby, you should never, ever get married in any other month other than December. Agreed. I mean, we've got a number of friends that have made that error. Now they've got the anniversaries coming up during, you know, Six Nations, during the Championship, during p- potential World Cups. No, don't be an It's idiot. a logistical nightmare. It's a logistical nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, Ronnie. Okay, so some predictions for this weekend's games coming up. Let's look at Six Nations first. Ireland versus Wales. We'll back the Irish there. Going to back the Irish in that one. France, Italy. Backing the French for sure. Scotland, England. Well, I said it earlier. I think this is the weekend that that's, the Scots are going to win the Calcutta Cup. Yes, guys, it's going to be a special weekend because for the first time that I can remember, Ronnie and I agree on something. Do you think we can high five? I don't think so. I think that's taking it a bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> And then URC, Stormers, Sharks. Well, I have to, I'm, I'm just going to back the Sharks here, really, because I, I just don't like the Western Province slash Stormers. Yeah, I think Sharks will do it by at least eight points. Eight points? Yeah. So one, okay, good. Bulls versus Lions. Going to give it to the Bulls. Going to be much of the much of what happened this past game. Um, probably going to say Bulls by 20 points. Bulls by 20. So quite a, it's going to be a comfortable win, I reckon, for them. Yeah, I think I think that's that's about right. You know, We're they'll the have there. they'll have two thousand Bulls fans in the stadium, so should get quite rowdy. It'll be good, and let's not forget there's some Curry Cup this week as well, so right. that'll be interesting to watch. It's a lot of rugby, a lot of competitions going on at the moment, so very exciting. Good time to be a fan of rugby. Yeah, Ronnie. So yeah, so I'm thinking I'm going to take this opportunity at the end of every episode just to sort of speak about something that that uh, you know I think is quite important. Um, it's not too serious. Sometimes it is. Uh, we talk about off quite often about the 15-man variation of the game. And over the last couple of weeks, uh, months, you know, when I get a little bit bored on the weekends, some, something that's really great is to watch a bit of sevens rugby. And they've really expanded on the tournaments, introducing the women's game um, as well. So there's just really a lot of rugby happening uh, in terms of sevens games. And uh, so last night, I actually sat down and I watched uh, South Africa win their fourth uh, gold medal in this in this current season, their sixth one on the trot, uh, which is fantastic. They've equaled the second all-time, uh, you know, win streak. It's going to take a, a, you know, quite a bit to actually get that first spot, which is being which was also held by New Zealand, uh, the two thousand and seven eight season where they scored I think it was forty seven wins on the trot. So. Uh, another couple of months that we have to wait to see if the Springboks can take that uh, first place spot. But I just want to talk about the Sevens, the Blitzbocker. Fantastic team uh, that they are. Their systems are working properly and they really are an inspiration to watch. And what I just, uh, you know, I was just reading into them a little bit. Did you know that Neil Powell is uh, leaving the Blitzbox to be the Sharks attack coach in really? September? So him and Warren Whiteley attacking defense at the Sharks come September. That's a good thing. It's good well, thing. bad for the blitz box, good for the shots. Bad for the blitz box, but you know they've got some. Uh, I think they've got some continuity plans in place. 
Um, but that's going to be really interesting to see for the Sharks. But on that Blitzbox success, Bill Beaumont must be frothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a shame because New Zealand isn't playing this uh, well for, for the last while because of COVID restrictions, so is Fiji. So, you know, it's bittersweet. You know, we're doing incredibly well as the Blitzbox, but there's... You know, two teams in Fiji and New Zealand that we just haven't played up. No, for enough. sure, for sure. Yeah, so well done to the Blitzbox. Definitely an amazing achievement. We're backing you guys. Keep it up. Keep putting the pressure on. And yeah, let's wait till we get those All Blacks and Fijians back and then we can continue to dominate there as well. Absolutely. Shout out to the Blitzbox. You guys are legends. So, Ronnie, are you ready for Saturday? <laughs> yeah, hit me with some stats, please. So how this is going to work, guys, I'm going to give Ronnie a couple of stats. Tonight, he's going to have to name the player. Oh. We'll be posting it on our social pages as well. Give a guess who you think it is. And on Saturday, you'll be able to check it out. We'll post there who the player was. And this is honestly an easy way to test if you're smarter than Ronnie, which I'm pretty sure like 99.9% of our viewership is. You know, I love rugby, but I'm just really bad with names and facts and dates. And everything else. Well, shut up. <laughs> Something to do with that gummy drop in the tool shed. <laughs> what is a gummy drop? I don't know. What did you say earlier? So, Ronnie, name the player. His middle names are Willem Petrus. Okay, so his name is Willem Petrus. His middle names. Right. He was born in 1983 on the 13th of April. He went to Paul Gymnasium. His international debut came in 2003 against Georgia. Nominated World Player of the Year twice, winning at once. Most appearances for his national side in his position. Most tries for his international side in his position. He got six yellow cards during his international career. He's a super rugby centurion. He also represented Suntory Sungoliaths and the Saracens. And he was the captain of the baby box, but never led the spring box. Who's the player? You well, get three questions. I get three questions. Okay, so... Uh, poof. Willem Pietras, that's this is a quite a challenging one, Nico. Unfortunately, um, I've got a number of names in mind, but they all seem to either be too old or uh, you know, you've really thrown me when with the six international yellow cards. So, Ronnie, what's your first question? Who did he play for in uh, Super Rugby? He played for the Stormers, yeah, he played for Stormers, okay. And uh, <clears throat> what year did he retire? He retired in 2016. He retired in 2016. It's quite yeah. recent, actually. It is quite a recent retirement. Is that... Uh, so my third question would be, would that be from international rugby or from domestic league rugby? From international rugby. Okay. 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 Well, this is a little bit difficult for me because I feel like you're throwing me with his Willem Pietrus. So I want to say it's Willem Alberts, but he's still playing, as we all know, from the Lions this weekend. And... You know, you mentioned the yellow card, so I'm thinking Bucky's Buerta, but six seems a bit low for Bucky's Buerta. He's um, going to go wild here. I don't know, really know who this could be. Sean Smith? Well, you're going to have to wait for Saturday to find out, Ronnie. Oh, okay, I'll do my research before then. Let's see, and we'll chat about it again next week. But yeah, guys, this was a first for Nick and Ronnie. If you enjoyed what you heard, give us a like, rate the, the podcast, share, anything Smash like that Smash that helps. like button. Yeah, and hopefully we'll catch you guys again next week Thursday for more.